My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Today is the feast day on the Christian calendar of Christ the King. It's the last uh, Sunday before uh, we begin the season of Advent. This notion of kingship is viewed with increasing distrust in our world, yet at the same time we still find ourselves attracted to it, or at least curious about ideas like monarchy and people who rule and reign. And I think successive shows, like one that my wife and I watch fairly often called The Crown, detailing you know fictional account of the, the lives of uh, the House of Windsor there in England. I think that illustrates this, I think, fairly perfectly. There's something about a king or a queen ruling over a people, specifically when you add an aspect of the divine to it, which is very clear uh, in the Church of England where the queen or the king is also the head of the Church of England. And this concept of Christ being king, this feast day of Christ uh, being celebrated and commemorated as king is a, a relatively recent one, started in 1925 by Pope Pius XI and then widely adopted in non-Roman Catholic Western churches as well. And when we read scripture, we see Jesus Christ as being displayed as preeminent uh, or supreme above all things. And we get a clear view of his kingship, that he rules and reigns supreme over all creation. And the title of my sermon this morning is Christ is Preeminent. We'll be focusing primarily on Colossians 1, 11 to 20. And we have a lot to do today, so I promise you the sermon will be short. Hopefully, you never know with me if you've been here before. I try to be a man of my word, but when, you never know where the Spirit will take you. So Christ is king. The way people become kings and queens is they, have, they accomplish something. And when we heard the passage read from Colossians, it says that God has done three things for us. God has done three things for us through the work of God the Son. The first thing he says is we have been qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. What does this mean? Sharing, being qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. In other words, we have been counted worthy to receive all of God's good gifts to us. We have become partakers of a heavenly inheritance. Not by our own goodness or our own personal inner worth, but as a gift of divine grace. A gift of divine grace. Much of modern Christianity will tell you there's nothing wrong with you. You're okay just as you are. The primary problem that you have is just your inner authentic self trying to manifest itself. Sin is just a metaphor, not an actual thing we need deliverance from, not a thing we actually need to come to church and repent of and receive God's forgiveness. And I always scratch my head when I hear that because if it's true, then there's no need for the incarnation of our Lord. There's no need then for his death and resurrection. The story of Jesus just becomes one story among many competing stories for our time and our attention 
in our world. But no, brothers and sisters, we are not good enough on our own. We can never earn a place in becoming partakers of the inheritance of the saints. We can only receive it as God's good gift to us. And that's what God has done for us in Christ. He has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. The second thing done for us through our Lord Jesus Christ is that we have been delivered out of the domain of darkness. Darkness is a domain. Darkness is occupied by the evil forces of wickedness and evil that have rebelled against God. The devil, the wicked fallen angels are its populace. And those who have allied themselves against Christ, those who seek to destroy the humanity that God has set his love upon. The kingdom, the domain of darkness. Christ has set us free from there. And demonstrating this concept in scripture is the story of the deliverance of the children of Israel from slavery to the Egyptians. When we read the Exodus story, the people are not just enslaved to Pharaoh and to a wicked governmental system. They are also enslaved to the dark powers behind the scenes, the false gods of the Egyptians. And that's why we have the story of the plagues in that book, in the book of Exodus. The plagues are not poured out because God is just really angry and needs to punish something. These plagues are judgment against the dark powers, the dark false gods of the Egyptians. And God delivers them through his servant Moses and leads them out as a free people and leads them to the holy mountain where they promise to serve and love him and they receive his commandments. And this is a picture for us, brothers and sisters. And in a few minutes... I'm going to ask the confirmands to renounce Satan and all of his works. This is not just a throwaway line or something, something left in the liturgy from a bygone era. This is spiritual warfare that Christ has already won. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if you have been baptized into Christ, if you have faith in Jesus Christ and have been received in him, then you have been delivered from the domain of darkness and you have been brought into the domain of light. You have become partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Not only have we been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and from those who reign there, we have brought, been brought out into a new kingdom. Kingdom. And I say kingdom emphasizing the G because sometimes people will begin to refer to God's kingdom as God's kingdom. And due to the desire to not want to use patriarchal language and to be more inclusive, it's become fashionable in some circles to speak of the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of God. When they use this word, the kingdom of God, it's meant to highlight a familial aspect of God's kingdom. And this is actually a very good point. But if we just leave it there, if we substitute kingdom for kingdom, we miss out on an incredibly important spiritual reality. And the reality is, like I have just said, we have been brought out from one realm and we have entered another realm. Right? It's not that just the table is open and welcome from all. It's God has actually picked up the table and brought it from one place to another and set it down and then invites people to come to the table. And just like mentioned a few moments ago when we talked about deliverance, he moves us just as he moved the children of Israel as well. We have been literally removed from death and brought in to life. 
As St. Augustine said, and we effect a most salutary passing over when we pass over from the devil to Christ and from this tottering world to his most solidly established kingdom. So how do we respond to this, brothers and sisters? How do we respond to the one who is the image of the invisible God, the one in heaven and on earth who created all things? The one who is before all things, the one in whom all things hold together, the one who is the head of the body, the church, the one who is the firstborn from the dead, the one that is preeminent above all things, the one who has reconciled everything to himself through the blood of his cross. How do we respond to the preeminence of Christ? And I think the answer to this takes the form of living the Christian faith. And I think much tension in the Christian life comes from trying to live in the realm of life sometimes by continuing to do the things when we lived in the realm of death. St. Paul's two epistles to the Corinthians highlights this very well. If we live and if we've been brought from the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of death into the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of life, then everything changes for us. The preeminence of Christ should grow ever larger in our hearts so we cannot adapt the habits, the patterns, and values of the realm of death into the realm of life. To do so is to voluntarily place ourselves back into the realm of death, serving the powers Christ died to deliver us from. To acknowledge Christ as a preeminent king is to submit to his righteous rule and reign. To follow his commandments. To take up our cross and follow him. And I think brothers and sisters as Americans this might be one of the hardest things because no one can tell us what to do. We fought a revolution over that. You can't tell us what to do. And they're like yes we can. And we're like no you can't. Fight. And we won. Thank God. I'd rather live in America than anywhere else. I've been fortunate enough to, to go or live around the world. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm an American citizen. But there's just something about the American experience. This rebellious spirit. So we hear about submission to Christ. And to Christ's commandments. And to Christ's righteous rule and reign. Sometimes there's just something in us that clashes against that. But here's the thing brothers and sisters. We always have to remember this. When we talk about Christ the King. And when we hear this language of kingdom in the scriptures. And we hear about Christ's you know, the warfare, right? Spiritual warfare and all that stuff. We have to remember that Christ exercised his kingship in a different way than an earthly king would do it. Colossians says that he's made peace through the blood of his what? His cross. He's made peace. So Christ's act of conquering... His victory, his fighting, his battle is his giving himself over to death for us. Right? He's not you know, picking up swords and running after the Romans. Right? There's a lot of talk. Jesus was executed because he was a political leader stirring up trouble. So the Romans. No. If he was a political leader, he would have had people pick up swords to fight for him. And that happens, right? Peter takes a sword, cuts off one of the guy's ears, and Jesus says, put away your sword. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. The way Jesus conquers, the way Jesus rules, is through his self-giving act of love. His self-giving act of love. And brothers and sisters, that is what we are called to. Confirmands, that is what we are called to as Christians. As we live in the kingdom of God and we work for its advancement through our own acts of self-giving love for one another and for others. 
And we do so because Christ our King has conquered through his death and has taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and has brought us to the kingdom of light. And so to our Lord Jesus Christ, be all glory together with his Father who is from everlasting and is all holy good and life-creating spirits. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Zion's Stone Church. We're in the middle of a building repair campaign, and if you'd like to help, please go to www.gofundme.com slash zionsstonechurchrepairfund. We'd appreciate anything you'd be able to donate. If you're ever in the area, you're always welcome to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 10.15 a.m. God bless you.